from the NFL. If you're Dak Prescott, individual numbers aren't enough anymore. You want to get paid? Win something. To the NBA. Who gives a about the Pelicans if Zion don't play? Across the landscape of college football. There's no such thing as a good loss in the ACC. So if you're Clemson, you better win every game. And so much more. Let's talk some sports, baby. The stories you want. Baseball is back. Basketball is almost back. And football is on the way. You love to see it. The opinions you need. Sports is what this country needs. And I truly, truly believe that. Holla at your boy. It's Jay Wise. It's the drink. It's the beard. And it's the wisdom. I hope you brought pen and paper because class is in session. And Nathan Drinkard. Remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time, baby. This is A Drink of Wisdom. Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinkard. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As you well know, our show is hosted on the Anchor app, but you can also find our content at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other podcasting locations. And if you prefer the video format of our program, you can find us at the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. Lots to get into today. What's going on, Drink? I think you're muted. You know, another Wednesday in the business. As you as you can see, I'm over here flopping around, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but hey, we're here to do it. We're here to give the people what they need. Um, we say what they want, see what they don't. You know what it is, and... Let's talk some sports, baby. Episode 49, the Warriors are hot. Week one of the NFL schedule is out at Tebow time. Yeah, that's heading to Jacksonville. But we begin with a much-needed win for the Los Angeles Lakers, who defeated the New York Knicks in overtime, 101-99 last night. Taylor Horton Tucker's three-pointer with 21 seconds left was a difference as the Lakers moved within a game of the sixth seed in the West, Kyle Kuzma scored a game, a team high, 23 points. 16 came, 16 of those came in the second quarter. Anthony Davis added 20. And the hero of the night, Horton Tucker, finished with 13. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 31 points, eight rebounds and five assists. And Derrick Rose added 27 off the bench, but no other Nick scored in double figures as the Knicks blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead. Wesley Matthews put back with three seconds left in regulation, sent the game to overtime. The Knicks have now lost three of four, but they are still tied for the fourth seed in the East with the Hawks and the Heat. All right, Drink, it's been a while since we've taken a look at the Lakers. Uh, what do you think of their performance last night? And will LeBron's return be enough to get them back to the NBA Finals? I, I, um, to answer the latter part of the question, I think LeBron's return can get them back to the Finals. Now, I think a better question would be what, what percentage of a LeBron we getting, right? Because yeah, I, I think if we get a, let's say we get an 80% LeBron, I think they can get it done. I really do. I think 80% LeBron can get it done. If we're going to get a, you know, a 50% or below, uh, I don't know. I think he struggles only because LeBron has been shooting a lot better this year, but that's not what he's known for. So if he can't drive the ball, he's going to take a lot of shots. That means there's going to be a lot of shots that come out of other guys' hands that can shoot the ball well. Um, so I think that could be problematic. One thing I do like, I know they don't. This don't have anything to do with what we're talking about now. But he he opted out. He opted not to play tonight against the Rockets. 
he and Anthony Davis both. They're not playing tonight against the Rockets. And I think that's a good move. I think they have enough talent on that team to beat the Rockets without those two. So I think it's a good move to rest them. You know, bring, bring them when you when you play your next game against a contender and, and, you know, go on from there. So I like that move. What I saw last night gave me, because, you know, the Lakers is my team out the West. Um, it did give me a lot of um, encouragement. I think this team can get it together. Listen, because um, we have to understand this. No Schroeder, you know, Schroeder been out for like a, a good good minute now um, due to the, the, the health and safety protocol. So he's been gone. LeBron been gone. AD seems to be working himself to, to back in. Problem is he aggravated his groin last night. So we don't know what setback that could cause by aggravating his groin last night. And um, But I think what tonight would do is it would give more minutes for Drummond. It will give more minutes for Gasol. Definitely give more minutes for uh, THT, the hero last night. Matthews. Guys that are uh, Morris. Morris only played like five minutes last night. Um, so it give those guys that, because you're going to need them. Let, let's make no mistake. You're going to need these guys at some point in the playoffs if you plan on winning it all. So you need these guys to be able to play. So... With that said, I, I I'm very encouraged with what I seen. And and listen, let's let's not forget how good the Knicks are on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you can say whatever you want to say about them offensively. You can say whatever you want to say about the ownership because I might be with you. But when we're talking about the Knicks and the, and the defense side of the ball, Tom Thibodeau got these guys balling on the defense side of the ball. If you watched them last night, it's a bunch of arm moving. It's a bunch of you know. A, you, Julius Randle shoots a free throw and shoots down to the other end of the court to guard AD. I cannot tell you how impressive that is. I I, I didn't know NBA players could leave their ego at the door long enough to do something like that. But, hey, you seen it. Um, So, I was impressed with that. Julius Randle is your best player. They said it on the, the commentator last night on a in the commentator booth, if your best player is playing like that, it's no excuse why your worst player ain't playing like that. So, I seen that. I was encouraged by that. Um, Derrick Rose, you know what I'm saying, father time, he rolling that clock back a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, he comes off the bench, he does his thing. I think Derrick Rose give the Knicks a good, how can I say this, like good leadership, like, like qualities from like the bench. I think for me, he kind of does what Rondo was brought in to do for the Clippers. Like he's not, he doesn't, he's not coming in to be a star. He's not quite coming in to be what Chris Paul is for the Suns, but he he's he's coming in to make an impact in his way. Um, and I, I really like I, I I'm telling you, that that connection with him and Taj Gibson and Todd Thibodeau, like that triangle of the old days. At first, I thought it was some BS. I was like, yo, what, what is this? Oh, are we just going to reunite the Bulls? <laughs> hey, what, what, Joe, what, what Noah at? He coming out too? Like, you know. <laughs> can we can we get Luol Dang? Paging yeah, Luol Dang. Hold on. <laughs> hey, Carlo. Hey, Carlos. You ready? <laughs> Bulls, you ready to come on here? So um, I was like, yo, what, what are we doing here? But I must admit, I got to apologize. That seems to be working for New York. I like it. And New York going to give somebody some problem in the first round. I don't know who it's going to be at this time yet, but somebody's going to get this work. But to the question that was asked, 
Um, I thought that I was I was encouraged by the performance from the Lakers. They won. They played a gritty team. Just remember, last time they played the Knicks, the Knicks won. Um, so they was coming off a loss to this team. They needed this win very bad for obvious reasons, and and, and they got it done. Um, and and the young talent got it done. Oh, or should I say the young talent slash new talent got it done? Um, in in the likes of THT. Let's remember THT was he was the linchpin that fell apart from the Lakers getting Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, Lakers ownership said we ain't we don't want to move off THT. We you know. I understand you want him and Kuzma. We'll give you Kuzma and, you know, whoever the other person was on the deal. But we're not giving you THT. And at that time, I went on record saying, I, I don't know. I, I might would have took Kyle Larry. I, I, I like THT, but at this point, you need experience. You know, LeBron likes experience over on the, over young guys. Um, why not? But, you know, Gina Buss and... And, and Rob Palinka said otherwise. And now he's still there. And, and last night showed kind of why he's still there, I guess. Um, he turned over, the, like, let's let's not get it twisted, though. He he almost cost them the game just as well as he won them the game. Um, you know, he, he had an ugly stretch there at the, end, at the end of overtime. But what happened, happened. He hit the game, won the shot. And um, that's that. Wesley Matthews got him into overtime. That's a new guy that they acquired during the season. I tell you, um, one of the big problems with the Lakers this year is, you know, they had a, mac, a mass exodus of talent leave, and then they replaced that talent. And, and a lot of expectation got put on that new talent to be like, oh, these are upgrades. Shooter was an upgrade over Rondo. Um, Mark Rassau was supposed to be an upgrade over Dwight Howard and, and JaVale McGee. Um Harold was supposed to be an upgrade over um, McGee and Howard. You know what I'm saying? So we had all these guys that was coming in that was supposed to be upgrades. But the crazy thing is, if you actually look at it, they started off slow. It's starting to look like these guys are starting to get within themselves. And then it's the one guy. It's one guy that I had. To, I, I saved him to the end of my, my little soliloquy, right? And that's Kyle Kuzma. Here's the deal. This guy right here, he, I think Kyle Kuzma is the key to the Lakers' success. If they could consistently get, I don't know, 20 points out of Kyle Kuzma and get the defense that he's been playing night in and night out, I think the Lakers, they, they could hold up the trophy. They could hold up the O'Brien. Because Kuzma, he has matchup, like, advantages, but... He, he'll play himself out of the matchup event. Take him to the post, Kuzma. Now nah, I'm going to shoot this three. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, he turns over the ball. You know, he just plays very erratic. You just don't know what you'll get out of him. But what I like this year is he's been more focused on the defense side of the ball. He's been playing very good, consistent defense, not so much on the offense. Last night, he was aggressive. Him and Anthony Davis, they did, you know what I'm saying? They looked it really good. They looked it really comfortable. Drummond looked comfortable. So I think if Kuzma can be, I think he has to be that third guy. I, I honestly thought Dennis Schroeder was going to be the third guy, but I don't know what, what's going on with Dennis Schroeder. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. So I think Kuzma has to be that third guy because you know how last year we talked about, well, you don't really need a third guy. Anybody can step up. Well, 
from what I've seen thus far this year, you don't have an Avery Bradley. Yeah, you still got KCP, but you know, <clears throat> right? Like you. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I think Wesley Matthews should be starting over KCP. That, like, I mean, I think Wesley Matthews played just as good as defense as KCP, and he can hit more shots than KCP. So I think he should be starting over him. That's neither here nor there. We got to holler at Clutch Sports about that. So with all that said, I I, I do like I, I like my Lakers chance. I think they're fine. I, I Also, I wanted to say, I'm not totally mad that the Lakers are going to be in the play-in tournament. Why I say that is because as the rest of the season winds down, the Lakers need to play more with each other. Because it, it, right now the Lakers got a real clip of, of last year feel to them. Like, you just didn't play enough games together. You just don't have that chemistry, right? So the play-in tournament could give them a chance. Now, it's risky because you can lose in the play-in tournament. But... It also gives you a chance to play more together and try to get some chemistry, you know, when, you know, get seated or whatever in the play-in tournament. And then once the playoffs start, maybe you got some momentum going into the playoffs. So I, I kind of look at the play-in tournament a little different than others. But with that said, yeah, man, I, I, I was okay with the Lakers' performance. I was encouraged. And I think if you give me a 70% or better LeBron, they it, it can get it done. They can get it done and win the championship. I got to start off. I got to get a couple house cleaning items out the way. The the Brian Anderson, Jim Jackson, I, I like them a lot, but I got to get a couple things out the way immediately based on their calling. I don't know if you heard this last night, but at one point Jim Jackson said, and he was you know he was talking about something, telling a story from his days playing or whatever. But he said, "What happens in China stays in, stays China. in China." Well, I guess yeah. he never heard. I guess he never heard of COVID. That's point number one. Point number two. Later in the fourth quarter, regulation about to end, uh, Brian Anderson had the audacity to say, yeah, Anthony Davis, you know, he's had a good game tonight, 18 points and six rebounds. And I'm like, when have we ever been impressed with 18 points and six rebounds out of Anthony Davis? So I got, I, you know, and the, those are two fine, fine announcers employed by TNT. But, you know, some of the things I hear from time to time, like, come on, guys, we, let's, let's be a little bit more buttoned up in the profession or else we'll put, let me get, let me get in on the mic. But, um, you know, for the Lakers last night, um, it, it was impressive, you know, in some ways, others not so much, but um, they really, I mean, you look out there and you had Caruso kind of look like he was going to be the guy running the point. He gets hurt, doesn't, you know, plays a grand total of seven minutes. You know, their whole, their offense was like, you know, it was tough to get started, you know, all night it seemed, you know, it seemed like a lot of the time the best offense was just, you know, inbound the ball and somebody just launch it down court to Anthony Davis for the Hail Mary of lobs. And, you know, he gets fouled or something will happen. You know, you know, you had, whether it's Horton Tucker or sometimes it was AD, some, you know, Gasol's out there directing traffic um, because he may as well be a traffic cop at this point because he ain't doing much uh, as far as scoring points. Uh, but they just they didn't have a backcourt last night. You didn't have Schroeder. You didn't have LeBron. Then Caruso goes out. You don't have Rondo from last year. Uh, Horton Tucker, sometimes he's running the offense. That's not really what we think of him doing. So it was, it was encouraging to see them find a way when they didn't have, in many respects, a real point guard out there. Um, 
on the other side, the Knicks, and this is something that can get undersold real easily. No LeBron, no Schroeder, but the Knicks were missing some key guys from their backcourt. The, the um, impressive rookie Emmanuel quickly, he did not play. And then one of their key bench guys, Alec Burks, who can score the ball really well, he didn't play. So both teams, as usual, whenever we talk about an NBA regular season game, you know, missing some guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I really thought Kuzma, Kuzma showed up in a big way and he is going to be important. And if he can, if he, you know, I think what the Lakers need from him, assuming AD and LeBron are operating at some acceptable, you know, capacity, whether it's 75, 80%. I think, I think you're going to need a, an Anthony Davis locked and loaded at a hundred percent. I think LeBron can probably get by being at about 75, 80 because his IQ and just the amount of attention he's going to bring, regardless of his health is going to create opportunities for others. He may not be, you know, he may not be as dominant in the paint as he once was, but I think they can overcome that by his, you know, exceptional decision-making and how many shots he's going to get other guys. But, you know, assuming those two guys are, you know, are good enough, then Kuzma becomes very important. If he can be a legitimate six man coming off the bench, like a Jordan Clarkson uh, for Utah, then that's, that's going to be a great advantage because, you know, you just need guys that can come in off the bench and lead the second unit and help, you know, weather the storm while, you know, those key, your key starters are getting some rest. Um, you know, the Lakers, this was a retro game last night. It was an overtime game and, you know, still it was 200 points total in the game. Neither, both of these teams are exceptional defensively and with, you know, LeBron being out and the Knicks are just, they're challenged to score no matter who's playing. Wasn't no different last night. They shoot less, you know, just under 40%. Um, so that, that, that was kind of fun to see. It's good, it's good to see, you know, sometimes some old fashioned defense get played. But the, Lake, the Lakers, not only that, that if they, if the only question for them is, are they going to be healthy? And if not, how healthy can they be? That's going to be the determining factor. If they wind up in the, you know, they can go, they can go any way, you know, as far as they could win the title if they're healthy. But if they're not right, they could very easily not even be in this thing because they've slid down to play in. That's how crazy it's been. It's, and it feels like it's been months since we covered a Laker game. And at the time they was, you know, in the top four, they, they've been on a slide for a while now. Since LeBron got hurt, I believe they're 11 and 17 or something crazy like that. So they've been sliding and we've, you know, we kind of had a foregone conclusion that, you know, they'll get, their, they'll get their pieces back. They'll get LeBron and Anthony Davis back in here. And before this game, Anthony Davis had back-to-back -back great performance. He had 36 and 42, the two previous games. So that's encouraging if you're, if you're a Laker fan. But it's got to be both of them because after that, you do have Schroeder. You got Kuzma. Montrezl Harrell is on the roster. I'd like to see him play more than five minutes. I still – he can be a big factor for you. I think you need to I – I would play him before I'd play Gasol. Um, but KCP, Horton Tucker, Matthews, there's a lot of experience. And, of course – of course, you're right. They did have a lot of guys leave in free agency, uh, but they, you know, they did the roster kind of filled out kind of weird for them both years because, you know, they just had a lot of one year mercenary, mercenary type guys. And they kind of, in some ways, did the same thing this year. You know, even Macklemore for a year. That's, that's probably a one and done type signing, you know, things like that. So it's the same kind of feel. But in the end, even if they are healthy enough, will the lack of, 
continuity and experience playing together, how is that going to affect them? I, I don't know how much. I, I only know like it's a it's a wide berth between they can act if they're right, they can make a run from the seventh seed and they can win the championship. And I think the odds makers, some of them still think the Lakers have a great chance to make it out the West, but it's all going to be predicated on health. And if they're not right, Golden State can beat them in the play in the seven, eight play in thing. And then, I mean, Memphis is a real team. They can get them out of here in the, you know, win or go home for the eight seed. So uh, for, for the Knicks though, feels like every time we cover a Knicks game, it's a, they're so close and they just can't get it done late. Right. Uh, they, they've lost three or four now, but um, you know, nothing much different than what we talked before. It's, it's been a great season. Then this, you know, you, I'm sure you remember the, you know, the height of Carmelo Anthony, you know, I think they made the Western conference semis one year under Mike Woodson. Right. I feel like the, I feel like this team is more entertaining to watch, you know, than those teams. The way they play defensively is refreshing. You mentioned the effort uh, of Julius Randle shooting a free throw and sprinting back. You got you got to sprint back to cover Anthony Davis. As I was talking about, they'll just throw, heave the ball down the court because that sometimes that's the only way they can score. Right. You know, it's just as usual. Their half court offense late in games kind of get it gets me a little nauseous because it's just like what you know, Julius. The ball gets stuck with Julius Randle from time to time, and you know there was one possession where. Anthony Davis is just locking him down, you know, on the on the right side and ends up being a shot clock violation. They, they, yeah. they gotta they gotta be a bit better in that regard. But I think in the end, that's just that's just something they gotta try to fix in the offseason. I think Julius Randle is a guy who can carry you the first three, three and a half quarters. And then you're gonna need a, you know, a legitimate guy, a legitimate perimeter, a guard score that can, you know, help you out down the stretch, similar to how the way Shaq used to carry the Lakers for three plus quarters, but in crunch time, you know, Kobe Bryant was the guy that got it done for you. Similar thing. They need another piece, but regardless the way they defend and they've just proven that they're going to be in every game because of how they defend. But it, it almost feels like a couple of years ago when the Indiana Pacers didn't have Ol Oladipo and they got yeah. swept by whoever they played against might've been Boston. They just, you know, they competed the entire game, but late, late in the game, they just, they just couldn't execute in the half court, and because of that, they couldn't win a game. That, that's what the Knicks feel like, feel like to me. So let me, let me. So I do got a question for you. I think right now they sit in the six or seven seat. I, I don't think they're they tied. Yeah, they're tied for the fourth right now. The Knicks, okay. Heat, and Hawks are all thirty-eight and thirty-one. All right. So let's say. Do do you do you see the Knicks winning a a series in the first round? Let's say they end up playing a Hawks, um, maybe even the Heat. Look like I'm not talking about the top three guys. I ain't yeah, talking right. about the Knicks, yeah. Bucks, or um, or the Seventy yeah, Sixers. But yeah, like we say, they'll have to to have a chance to win the series. They got to be in the four or five range. I think I think both the Hawks and the Heat would beat them. Um, the the Heat I think will have a decided advantage just based on the experience. Uh, the the Knicks would have a chance I think against the Hawks uh, because the Hawks the Hawks don't have a lot of experience either. But I, I feel like the Hawks they got they got a lot more firepower and I think that would just end up overwhelming the Knicks. Plus we know how what an impact Nate McMillan's had. But you know that it's it's they're going to give whether it's the Heat or the Hawks or even someone else if they you know depending on how it shakes out they're they're going to be a problem and it's going to be a 
it's going to be a battle for whatever team they face. All right, we now turn to the Bay Area where the Golden State Warriors continue their playoff push with a 119-116 win over the Utah Jazz. Steph Curry scored 36 points and hit a go-ahead three with 14 seconds left after he missed 10 of his first, 10 of his first 12 three-point attempts. Draymond Green played his usual solid all-around game with 12 points, 10 assists, and six rebounds. But the Warriors got big performances from Jordan Poole and Kent Bazemore. Utah got 41 points from Jordan Clarkson and 27 from Bojan Bogdanovic, but the league's best three-point shooting team was only 29% on Monday night. The Warriors are now on a four-game winning streak after they beat the Suns on Tuesday night, and they have a half-game lead over the Grizzlies for that eighth seed. Utah saw its five-game winning streak end, but they remain in first place in the West with just three games left. Drink, this is a potential one versus eight-seed matchup in the West. What kind of chance do you give the Warriors in a seven-game series against the Jazz? I give them a chance to win it. If this, if this was, listen, here's the deal, man. These are two teams I think that's going opposite directions. Um, I think you know the Jazz. Get, I'm gonna give them credit, man. That they've been playing, like you said, they're the number one three-point shooting team in the league, and and that's respectable. I gotta respect that. Um, but but here's the deal. I know what my eyes see. You know what I'm saying, and. I, I, I've been looking at the game of basketball for a while, even played a little bit, never on this level, nothing to this level at all. But I know, and I'm, I'm looking at the Jazz, and I'm like, I'm looking at them, and they seem to be kind of hanging on without without Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know. I can't trust that Clarkson going to give me 4-1 to one in the playoffs. Do you remember Clarkson ever doing something like that in the playoffs? I, I don't. I, I don't trust. I can't trust that. Let me tell you what I can trust. I can trust Steph Curry all the way to the NBA Finals. Now, once he get to the Finals, he kind of, you know, fade away, and we, we know what the, how, how the story go. But up to that point, Steph usually, he, he can get it done. Now, I got it. If you want to tell me, oh, that was Steph Curry when he got Klay Thompson and when he got uh, a, 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 a more productive Draymond Green and when he got... Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, I got all that. But at the end of the day, if I told you to bet your paycheck on Steph Curry versus whoever you want to bet it on for the Jazz, who would you trust more? If they don't have a Donovan Mitchell. And I would make that bet even if they had Donovan Mitchell. But now you got to take him out of the equation. He's not there. So who, who do you go with? Do you go with the experience or do you go with what's hot right now? Listen, I cook my food in the oven, not a microwave. If I want a flash of the pan, you know, a flash of the pan right now, yes, I'll go with Utah. But if I'm talking about stability, credibility, and everything I've seen up to this point, I gotta go with the proven commodity. I gotta go with the oven instead of the microwave. So that said, yes, in the seven game series right now, I would take the Warriors. That's forbidden that the Warriors, you know, get an injury or you know Utah get another injury then, you know, things could change. But if these teams stay currently constructed as they are right now, yes, I'll take the Warriors in, in seven games. Because I just, listen, um, I don't want to downplay what Utah has done. But until I see them win something on a high level, I don't believe they can win something on a high level. You telling me Rudy Gobert going to get you over the line? I think uh. not. I think not. I mean, listen, I like Bondagovich, but I mean, I'd have seen his performances in the playoff a little bit too. 
he he be up and down. Now when he was with Indiana, he was he was pretty impressive. I'm not even gonna lie. The reason I know his name is because he he put on a show one year when he was with Indiana against LeBron when he was still with Cleveland and that he 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 was pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie. But you still gonna tell me that's enough? I think not. George Clarkson, yeah, I mean that's cool. I ain't mad at it. Um, do your thing. Be you know be in the running for six man of the year. Be the winner of the six man. I got all that. That is not enough in a seven-game series. That's cool. That is very cool on a Monday night during the season, a Tuesday night during the season. But when I know I have you for the next seven games, let me see you try that. Let me see you try that when I know I got you for seven games. You might get a game or two where you go off, but eventually I'm going to figure it out. So with that said, I just – I don't know. I think in seven games, I put Draymond on Clarkson. I say, Draymond, make it hard for him. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it, hey, we see what happens. Make it hard for him. Get in his ear. Talk about his mama. I don't care what you got to do. Get in his head. Do what you got to do. And then let's let's talk about the coaching. Who do you trust in the seven-game series? Steve Kerr or Quinn Snyder? Like, I mean, did we not see – Wait, didn't Utah have a three-one lead on Denver last year in the, in the bubble? Oh yeah. Oh, at that bottom. So if you look at it from the coaching standpoint, you can't trust that as much either until you see it. So it's one of the things. I believe it when I see it. And yeah, I got it, Utah. I, y'all been doing y'all thing, and I did think Utah looked it different when they was rolling and they had Donovan Mitchell. But now I'm like Joe Ingles. He's supposed to be like one of the staples of the team. Oh, you out here with an Abraham Lincoln? Oh, okay. All right, all right, cool. Cool. You out here with a Lincoln, right? All right. So I I I'm sorry, but I I if I I'm I'm you know, I hate to knock on him, but this might listen, we talked about this for in the show. If go if Golden State is the eight seed and the Lakers are the seven seed, I would not be surprised if the top two seeds go down. Like we rolling into the second second uh, round with both top seeds out because this was a strange year, and not to not Houston, I mean not to not Phoenix or Utah, they deserve to be where they're at, but it's different levels to it when you get into the playoffs. It is no, I get to play Sacramento on Wednesday night to get an easy dub. It's not that's gone. That's a done deal. You playing seven games, you get one day of rest in between games. It's all about strategy. It's all about experience. It's all about the bright lights. Who wanted more? I don't know if I know. I don't know if I ever seen that out of Utah. I'm sorry. I, I'm 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 just keeping it real. I have seen that out of Golden State. I'd have seen Golden State come back from three one. I'd have seen Steph come back from three one. I also seen Steph mm-hmm. give up three one. I was right. yeah. so I'd have seen both sides. However. I'd have seen that. So I got to go with the proven commodity. So, yes, I'm going to say, I'm, I would say Golden State. But like I said, they're going in different directions. What did I mean by that? Listen, you, you, I think you named some Pool, Bazemore, Molder. Yep. Um, listen, these, we, base, we knew who Bazemore was. We didn't hurt when he, when he played for the Hawks and all that. We, we, we knew who he was. But Pool, Molder? I still don't know who Mode is. Like, you, you if you gonna yeah. sit here and try to tell me, oh yeah, them guys gonna they gonna carry Golden State on their back. 
you are a lie. You so my point is the the lower tier guys are playing better. They're trying to play up to a standard. You got Steph already playing up to somewhat of an MP, MVP standard. You got Draymond Green. We know what he do. That's your tough guy. That's your mouth. That's your glue guy. So you know you got that already going for you. You got Looney. He's all around. I mean, he got playoff experience. So that's your five with some playoff experience. So with that said, it's just hard. To, you know, they're getting better. That's what I think about Golden State. I think when the season started, we was like, playoffs. We talk about playoffs? Playoffs? Mm -hmm. That's that's how we that's what we thought about Golden State. Now, as you look at Golden State, you're like, mm. I mean, they might they might give Utah rough for their money. I'm just saying mm. they looking pretty good. So they're get they're they're going on this angle, whereas I'm looking at Utah. I think they they're actually coming down. Like I got it, number one team three point shooting. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. But we about to the season about to be a wrap, buddy. We we, we got what what one two more weeks of the season. It's gonna be a wrap, and then let's see what you got. Let's see what the real is. Um, and I'm looking at this remaining schedule. Portland gonna give. I think Portland gonna give them everything because Portland trying to stay where they're at in the seeding process. They can't afford to lose another game because they know the Lakers on their hip. And the only way the Lakers can catch them is if they lose. So they control their own destiny. So I think Portland gonna come out here and give Utah everything they got. They should be okay saying Sacramento. I don't, you know what I'm saying? They should beat them. I don't I don't see the problem with that. And then I'm looking at the war New Orleans and Memphis. That's that should be too dumb. That's too dumb. I'm gonna go and call it right here. That's too dumb for Golden State. Listen, because you never know what you're gonna get out of. And I, I know what you're saying. You like, yeah, New Orleans. I don't know about Memphis. And I got that. I got that. <laughs> I, I I just think I think they could beat both teams just because. We don't know what the hell the Pelicans doing. Like nobody, what, what we got going on? Nobody knows what's going on with the Pelicans. And then like Memphis, I respect Memphis a lot. I just don't mm -hmm. think they have enough to be like a motivated Warriors team. I, I I respect the hell out of Memphis. I ain't I ain't gonna bash them. I just think the Warriors are better. They got more experience. They know how to close out games. And the Warriors are playing for just as much as Memphis playing. This ain't no I'm gonna come and mail it in type of performance. You're gonna get what the Warriors are gonna give you. So with that said, yeah, man, I would take Warriors in seven, and I think the Warriors are playing really good ball. And before we move on, I just want to say, how great would it be in that play-in round that we get the Lakers versus Golden State, Steph versus LeBron in the play-in tournament, not the playoffs, the play-in tournament? That's gonna the NBA couldn't ask for a better storyline. They couldn't ask for a better storyline right there. That is going to be a moneymaker for the, the NBA and ESPN or whoever had the rights because I, I'm going to assume that you 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 were, you was never a big fan of the play-in tournament. And you might, I would say you might or might not watch. But if you hear that LeBron is playing Steph in the play-in tournament, you're more willing to, uh, let me check this out. Let me see what it's talking about. Because two of the biggest stars in the NBA playing in like, a play-in round or the, the equivalent of the first four in the NCAA tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's pretty wild. You know what I'm saying? You ever think you're going to turn it on and see Gonzaga versus, you know, I don't know, Baylor in the first round? In the first four, you know, you're like, oh, man, that's crazy. So, with that said, 
I, I think that's gonna be good for the NBA. But no, nah, man, I'm riding. I'm, I'm with Steph. I'm with Steph and Draymond. We got F and Steph Curry. Now nah, we ain't no redeemed team 2.0 or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I take the Warriors. Yeah, I'll, for the record, you're right. I'm not a big fan of playing, but I will watch because we'll be talking about it. So yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you've had, you know. A friend, those friends that like tell the wildest of stories, and you're always like, and you, sometimes like you just can't believe, it and you probably say, "Man, that's what that's what we've been looking at the Jazz and the Suns like all year." Like, man, like I know y'all didn't won a lot of games, and like you're 50 and 19, Utah and Phoenix is 48, 21, and like we've been we've been skeptical for like the whole year about them. And you talk about talk about Utah and Golden State. Donovan Mitchell has already been ruled out for the last three games of the regular season. He's going to be reevaluated for the ankle. Mike Conley ain't played for like nine straight games. Oh, I so, forgot about Mike Conley. I forgot yeah. about Mike Conley. So, excuse the yelling, folks, by the way. But, um, you know, that, it's much like the, we talked about the Lakers. If Utah ain't healthy, yeah, you can go ahead and forget about it. If they don't have their backcourt, Golden State's taking them down in the first round because – um, you know, Utah was in the game last night. Clarkson had, Clarkson was just shooting everything. Bogdanovich played a good game. But, I mean, Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles. Mm, and it, it, Niang, Niang, get him, get back on the bench and get in your bench role. This, he's just an oversized dude who just come in there and shoot threes. And I, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever been impressed with anything he's done since he left Iowa State. So they, they got to be healthy. You know, I, I understand like Rudy Gobert in there patrolling the paint and he's going to rebound and he's going to catch some lobs every now and again, but he's not leading you nowhere. He don't have a post-up game. So they got to have Donovan Mitchell leading this because Donovan Mitchell, you remember, we was talking about like, man, Donovan Mitchell, he could be, he looked like he could be in an MVP conversation. He could start an all-star game or one of those things. He was playing that well. And and Mike Conley, if my if Mike if they get Mike Conley back, I believe in Mike Conley. Um, but man, I think they I think they gotta be at full strength because you know they don't have their starting backcourt. You know, it's gonna be a problem. But let's say even if they do have them, Golden State's gonna have a chance regardless, because they have the best player in Steph Curry. And you know, some of these guys that we're, you know, we just don't, we're kind of like scratching our head. Eh. Andrew Wiggins and Baysmore and Jordan Poole and some of these guys, they, you know, Wiggins had a big night last night. Not so much in this game, but, you know, he's capable of going off the uh, 20 plus game uh, night in, night out. And, you know, you get some, you get some bench contributions from Jordan Poole and uh, Kent Baysmore and this Mulder guy who we, we still trying to figure out who he is. You know, the more, the more I watch Golden State, and the, the better their other guys play, that, that's, that'll, that'll determine how, how far they're going to get. You know what you're going to get from Steph Curry. You know Draymond Green's going to play a solid all-around game. It's going to be up to those other guys. You know, and, and I have more confidence in them now because I'm seeing more. I'm seeing Baysmore be more consistent. I'm seeing Jordan Poole play with more and more confidence. You know, it, it'd be nice to get Eric Paschal, you know, get another guy off the bench who can score the ball for him. Um, Kelly Oubre, don't forget about him still dealing with, you know, I think it's a sore wrist, get him back. That's going to be very, it's going to be good for him too. But, um, I say if Utah is healthy, 
I think Utah beats them. I think Golden State pushes them. I think they make it, I'd say, at least a six-game series. But if Utah ain't healthy, Golden State, Golden State's beating them if this is if this is indeed a one versus eight matchup. And I think, and you know, I think they need both Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley to like be uh, to me for me to be defensive. Like, oh yeah, Utah gonna take care of business. It's gonna be a battle, um, but but Utah, but uh, Utah's gonna take them down. But it, it is, it is a it is a really interesting time when we have more confidence right now in the seven, eight seeds in the West than we do in the one, two. And that's no knock. That is no knock on Utah or Phoenix. We've been, we have been admiring the work they've been doing most of the year. We just been skeptical. And we just saying, you know what? We just saw Utah blow a three, one lead last year. I'm just saying, we don't, we're not seeing it. We don't see it. We, we, we're, we believers in the Lakers and Clippers and some of these other teams. Phoenix, you know, doing great things. Monty Williams might win coach of the year. We, we've been talking about Mikael Bridges. We like him. Devin Booker, we know he can score the ball with anybody. Chris Paul, all you got to do is add him to your team and you'll be in the playoffs. We've seen it. But you ain't, you never won anything, though. Never won anything of consequence. So that's all we just saying. Show us and, you know, really just prove us wrong. But right now, I like the Warriors right now. And much like we talked about the Lakers, Utah, they, this backcourt better be healthy. Or, yeah, they, they could go home easily in the first round. All right, over to the NFL and the week one schedule that was recently released. It begins with the usual defending champions appearance as Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face the, uh, the non-champions, the Dak Prescotts and the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens hit the road to, to Vegas to face Derek Carr and the Raiders to conclude the NFL's first week. Uh, the remainder of the schedule will be re- later tonight, probably around the time we finish up tonight's show, and we will have reaction and analysis, analysis on that for you Saturday. Uh, but now, t- but for right now, tell us what stands out to you for week one, Drink. Well, hey, first of all, let me, let me address something in the lead-in. Hey, <laughs> When it when it come to Lombardi trophies, I got you. Yeah, you know, hey, the Cowboys, they did, they they ain't been cutting it since the old Jim, uh, what the Barry Switzer days. But but let me tell you what they do win. The Forbes Most Valuable Team. Hey, they win it a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it just seemed like Jerry Jones want to be on that list a lot more than holding up that um Lombardi. That's just me. Um, but with that said, what a week one, um, like you said, we, we, we got to defend the champs, um, you know, Thursday night kicking it off, you know what I'm saying? We should get to see them, you know, raise the banner and all that and, you know, get the juices flowing. Whoop the whoop Thursday night football brought to you by Amazon prime, get you some of that, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but the, the games that Sunday, cause you know. That Sunday is really where you get it popping, fantasy football and all that. And um, the the first game I wanted to get into was the New York Jets in Carolina. Um, you know the Sam Darnold Bowl. So now we get to paint this picture. So we get to look at the Jets and say, this is what Sam Darnold used to have. This is what Sam Darnold has now. So now we're gonna get to see that and say. This is where we we want to see if Sam Donald was a bust or not because I, people want to you know hold his time with the Jets against them, but 
That's very unfair. That is unfair. I can go 32 different ways. That team was just not it. It wasn't all Sam Donald. But now those excuses are out the window with Carolina. You you get everything in Carolina that you couldn't get with, with New York. You got to win, including a better market. And I mean a better market as far as you don't have a market that's just going to chew you up and spit you out before you do anything. They're going to actually let you play. They're going to actually let you prove yourself. And if you do good, they're going to go accordingly. If you do bad, listen, you're the biggest show in town and you're going to get this work. So it is what it is. But I, the Sam Dorner Bowl, that was the uh, the first one for me. And then we go down to Cleveland and Kansas City. Um, you brought this up to me. I, I, I like the matchup for another reason, but I forgot it, it is a rematch. From the AFC semifinals, the uh, divisional round, the divisional round last year. Um, but here's why I like that matchup. Listen, we know what Kansas City is. Been one of the top offenses for at least the last three years. Been in the last two Super Bowls. Been in the last three AFC championship games. We know what Kansas City, what, what they bring to the table. But this might be the year that we actually see Cleveland. That's right, folks, the Cleveland Browns. We might see Cleveland actually make it to the AFC championship and, and show us something here. It is no reason why. Don't, if they do not make it to that spot, it's going to be solely because of Baker Mayfield. That team has been put together just the way you want an NFL team put together for Baker Mayfield. He got to get this team over the hump this year. You 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 filled up the defensive line. You fixed the secondary. Your linebacker core is good. Your offensive line core. We already knew what the wide receiver core looked like. You got the you got the tight ends. You got Hunt, Chubb. Like, what else is needed? I don't know. If you cannot get it done, Baker Mayfield, you're probably out of here. You're done. Look, they exercised the fifth year option for a reason. You'll get it done this year. We'll see you later, pal. Um, so I'm interested in seeing that because I want to see can Cleveland make that jump to be competitive. Now, it's only week one, so they could win in week one and don't win again until week seven. Who knows? I don't know. But this game would give us a little more of a, you know, as far as, you know, what Cleveland, it could give us an insight on what we should be able to see out of Cleveland this season. Um, and then one I skipped over was Pittsburgh and Buffalo. We, hey, we know these two teams have done some work in the offseason. Um, we we seen a remarkable run that Pittsburgh was on last year. I think they started like eleven and one or something like that, um, and then it kind of unraveled for multiple reasons for Pittsburgh. But we seen Buffalo, <laughs> the the rise of the ashes. We see the old Josh Allen, you know, <laughs> you know, go from hey, this dude might be a bust to MVP consideration. So listen, we we see Buffalo on the rise. I finally could probably pick them and, and people won't laugh at me and be like, yeah, all right, sucker, um, to, to win the division. So we, we we know both of them should be somewhere around AFC contention, uh, I mean, AFC title contention. If, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, they get what they need to get. Listen, we seen what they did in the draft. I think we both can agree that running game was probably, it was an eyesore for the offense last year. Um, I, I got to think the running game will be a little better this year. And then Buffalo, we just want to see them open up a little more. Get You know, Josh Allen, um, if he can get a little more help from his running game, to be perfectly honest with you. And then we know what that offensive line about. We know what that offense about. Defense 
could use, you know, a few players. But I think I, I like that. I like that being the first um, in the first week. Just it's another game that marks, you know, the barometer of where teams are at. And then um, the last one I want to was it Green Bay in the water? Um, Chicago and the Rams. I picked the Rams to be in the NFC Championship game um, solely because I, I believe in Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford finally got a team that could support his skill set, and he got a run game. He got an offensive line. He got receivers. I mean, my God, when he was at Detroit, the only thing they gave him was Megatron, and then Megatron retired early because he got tired of the crowd. I mean, so – now he gets a team built around him. He got one of the smartest coaches in the business, Colin Plays. Um, I, I, I'm really excited to see what Stafford do with the Rams. And then Chicago, it's a good chance we see. I, I know I, I've been hearing the, Aaron, the, the um, Andy Dalton Bull with the Bears, but I think it's a strong chance we can see Justin Fields in game one. I, just, I, I think we can see him out there on the field. So, you know, I'm interested to see what Justin Fields brings to the table, you know, his rookie rookie campaign in, in week one. That's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Stepping out there in week one is a lot. As Joe Burrow. You can, you can think you good as all you want to, but when you step out there on that field, it's the real deal, folks. Them lights get bright. So, I mean, those was my biggest takeaway from, from the schedule on week one, and we'll see. But I would say this. I am excited that the schedule has dropped. Because that means football is near. And uh, from what I hear, stadiums are going to open back up for fans. So, you know what I'm saying? Let's get ready for some football. Yeah, um, you know, right off the bat, that was a good catch. Jets and Panthers. I, I got to admit, you know, I see the Jets. I skip them immediately because for one of two reasons. No, number one, they're either playing somebody good and they're going to get blown out. Or number two, they're going to play somebody that's bad and it's going to be unwatchable. So, but you know, little Sam Donald, you know, playing his old team, that 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 has some merit to it, you know. So I, I think that's important for Carolina. It's important for Sam Donald. I don't think you need you're in need of a good start. You know, hopefully, you know, he's getting to work in the offseason. Joe Brady's coaching him up and he gets some gets him going early. Because you don't want to you don't want to fall flat in your, you know, in week one against your old team and have Zach Wilson coming in and wreck your souls. You don't, you don't want, you don't want that. Um, the, the other thing was, you know, in regards to Dallas, I don't know when's the last time Dallas played on the first game of the season on Thursday. Uh, you know, it's been, it's gotta been a while, but uh, maybe, maybe they, Hey, uh, maybe Jerry said, Hey, Roger, can you put us on Thursday night? We forgot what the, uh, what raising a banner, uh, what that's like. Cause you know, we ain't done it in 25, 26 years or whatever it is now, but you know, not not all that relevant. I think you know there's a couple. Most of the games that uh you know we're on target with. I think Cleveland and Kansas City is probably the best game of the week. It is a rematch of a playoff game from last year. Um, and you're right. We talked about this already a little bit. Um, Cleveland's got you know they're pretty they're pretty. They look pretty locked and loaded. You know they 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 may have a weakness somewhere on the defensive side. Uh, but offensively, we know we know they're going to be a physical uh, power run team. Um, they got you know they pay Austin Hooper a boatload of money to play tight end. Uh, Jarvis Landry, you know who know maybe we'll get Odell Beckham back to catch a slant pass every now and again. 
Uh, but, the, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to have a strong running game. He's got a competent head coach now in Kevin Stefanski. And, uh, you know, he's going to have weapons to throw the ball to. So it would appear, you know, as you say, um, you know, Baker Mayfield's kind of the X factor for him. You know, he plays well. Um, they, they should be able to, you know, be right back where they was um, come playoff time last year. Uh, and, you know, I don't think he's going to have to do a lot to get them there, just, you know, take care of the ball and they should, that should be enough. But, uh, you know, if they want to really seriously compete with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have to raise his level of play a little bit because, you know, just being the old game manager probably won't be enough. You're going to have to score a lot of points um, against Patrick Mahomes and no one, and no one's going to like hang their head if they don't beat Kansas city. But, uh, but you would like to come out and like, ha- at least have a good showing and say, Oh, we can compete you know, with the defending AFC champions. Um, the second game I thought was, you know, pretty compelling was that Pittsburgh Buffalo game, uh, two division winners from last year. Pittsburgh is going to have a lot of competition. Once again, they'll be battling Cleveland. We know Baltimore is going to be right there with Lamar Jackson, Cincinnati, Cincinnati could take another step in the right direction. If they can just protect Joe Burrow. And of course, Buffalo, uh, I don't anticipate the jets being much, uh, to do about anything, but, uh, we know New England had a big free agent frenzy that they went on um, in the offseason. So they, you know, they're going to be uh, fully stocked and ready, ready for battle in Miami. Miami's in there um, to a tug of a lower, you know, full offseason, healthy, getting Jalen Waddle in there with him. Both the ankles going to be a little wobbly. Maybe, maybe not. We hope not, but we're going to need them. Miami's going to need them. They're going to need them ready to go. That's another week one, man. That could be a little underrated. Miami and New England, you know, both of those teams trying to, you know, go at Buffalo for that AFC East. Whoever wins that has the early leg up. Uh, the last one, the last one I thought was compelling was Green Bay and New Orleans. And he said, what are you talking about? You know, one team lost the quarterback to retirement. One team's quarterback don't want to play for him. And that's what I think makes it so compelling. We're looking at Green Bay and New Orleans right now. You know, New Orleans, we think it might be Jameis Winston. Maybe it's Taysom Hill. I don't know if we quite know. Um, but whoever it is, New Orleans still got a really good roster. So, you know, as long as they get a quarterback in there who ain't just, as long as they don't get the Tampa Bay Jameis Winston, they should be able to be a competitive team. And, and I would say maybe have a chance at the wild card. And Green Bay, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, but if things continue to deteriorate, maybe they trot out Jordan Love. I know, you know, we had breaking news from our Jacksonville correspondent today. All Green Bay signed the old dude Blake Bortles, so you know the GM up there is he's taking he's taking this crisis of Aaron Rodgers really seriously. You know he's really going out to sign out the big depth signing. So, but those are you know those are the ones I'm looking at. Um, I think it's a it's a pretty good week one. There's some you know there's a few clunkers in there. I tell you one, I'm not excited about Philadelphia and Atlanta. You know that's a that's a couple of that's a few dead birds out there. You know them Falcons <laughs> and Eagles. Mm-mm. I ain't going to be, I don't plan on watching that one, but it, it's a pretty solid week. Um, but all in it, but as we say, we'll be back Saturday with more thoughts on the full schedule. So stay tuned on that one. All right. Now to Jacksonville and a free agent signing. We didn't see coming. The Jaguars are expected to sign Tim Tebow. Yes. The Tim Tebow who played for the Broncos and Jets and played minor league baseball in the New York Mets organization Tebow last played an NFL game in 2012, and he last took part in an NFL practice in 2015 with the Eagles. He is now 33 years old and will be attempting to play the position of tight end. 
Uh, many pundits thought Tebow should switch to tight end years ago as he often struggled with his accuracy throwing the football. The contract will be for one year and there's no guarantee Tebow will make the team. Uh, many are already counting the former Heisman Trophy winner out. Uh, how about you, Drink? Are you counting Tebow out as he attempts an NFL comeback? You're damn right I am. Look, here's the deal. What? So in your lead-in, your lead-in addressed this pretty well. Years ago, before he made his, you know, his journey to baseball, his number one love every damn day. He decided, hey, I don't want to play tight end. I'm a quarterback in today's NFL. I don't want to play tight end. Now, instead of like, you know, transitioning to tight end or playing tight end while you were still in the prime of your NFL career, you went and played baseball. Can somebody tell me how baseball gets you ready for being an NFL tight end? I don't know. Because he could have just stayed his butt in the NFL and became an NFL tight end. That's how you get better at being an NFL tight end, by actually staying playing with NFL tight ends. But instead, he didn't do that. I'm, I'm out on this, as you can see. I'm, I'm all the way out on this. I don't even care if he performs well. I'm just out on this because I just feel like it's a attention grab by Tim, by Tim Tebow. I think when when he couldn't play quarterback and when everybody was out on him playing quarterback for obvious reasons, he didn't. His ego would not allow him to change positions then because he thought I'm Tim Tebow, you know, and, and and rightfully so. It was Tim. It was Tebow mania, and you know he had a good following behind him that said, "Hey man, we want to see him play quarterback." But those days are gone now. Now, it's like, okay, cool. We, you know, I like what Urban did. Urban said, hey, listen, I just got here. It ain't like they're going to fire me after one year. So, I'm going to roll the dice here. My old buddy, Tim Tebow, bought a house three, three houses down from him. You know, hey, come on in. We'll give you the one-year contract. No guarantees. No skin off my back. It is what it is. Um, But at the end of the day, it's I just feel like, Tebow is struggling with not being in the eye of fame or something. I don't know. Like, I know he's an analyst on on the SEC network, but I felt like he went he went to play baseball and then he was the hottest thing smoking because he was Tim Tebow. And you know when you when you're playing in the I don't I don't know how the terms go, but like the double A, triple A, what mm. you know when you're playing in those leagues or whatever. You know, he's probably a pretty big name. You know, he was probably, you know, people came out to see him. He was Tim Tebow. But then after a while, I think teams realized, this dude ain't cutting. He ain't really that good. Um, Let's go ahead and cut him loose. And they cut him loose. And then, you know, now he's like, how else could I get back in the light? I can go back to the NFL and play tight end. Oh, tight end. The same position we were trying to get you to play in your prime. Oh, okay. That, that position. Okay. You know, no harm, no foul. So, I'm I'm I don't I I don't I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it because I felt like if his heart was in football, he should have done it when his heart was in football. It's hard for you to convince me that his heart is in football now. All of a sudden, after he'd been playing baseball for how many ever years, now all of a sudden he gonna come back. Oh, I got the itch again. I got the burn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you got the burn. All right, you probably got bit by the wrong mosquito. But my, my, my thing here is this this is a big, you know, it's an expression that they use. 
It's not, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And this was a clear case of that. If Urban Meyer was not a head coach, I I feel like Tebow could have got a shot to try out on the team, but it wouldn't have been this. It wouldn't have been, oh, we're going to give you one year guarantee. You get a jersey, got your locker, here you go, boom. No, it would have been just like any other player that's, that, um, that's lost, you know, lost their luster, let's say, or that's not known as much. We got these preseason games. We're going to put you out there in these preseason games, and you're going to show us what you got. And if you don't show us enough, guess what? Hey, you need to go see the head coach. <laughs> you know what time it is. You just seen hard knocks. You know when you got to go see the head coach. You know what time it is. You out of here. So I, I just think this is a publicity stunt, me personally. I don't know how good. It, I just It's hard for you to sell to me that he's going to be good when he hasn't been doing it. He has not been doing it. That's just like me going to, you know, hey, you want to sign me one year for the NBA? I'm, no. I, now, <laughs> granted, I've never played in the NBA, and Tebow has played in the NFL, but this, what, you can't show me no tape in the last three, four years where he was catching footballs as a tight end. You can't show me that. So, how you? How else would you prove to me that he can play the position? So you're doing it now. And I heard somebody on Twitter, you know, everybody like to get on Twitter and we all experts on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? You know, we get to talk that trash because can't, can't nobody, wait for this. Can't nobody reach us. But they was <laughs> like, well, I didn't hear all this outrage when Grump came back. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one. That's the, that's the wrong comparison, buddy. So we, we're going to compare... <laughs> We're gonna compare a like a, let's say a two year one that I give him two year one that quarterback in the NFL to a first ballot Hall of Famer tight end. That's what we're doing here. That is what we're doing here. A first ballot. Not only that, the man set out for like a year, played around, dabbled in wrestling a little bit, and then came back. Oh, by the way, he did change his position to quarterback. He still came back as a tight end, and. And granted, and and like I was telling the guy, granted, that's a good example. I'm glad you said that. Did Gronk look the same when he left? Did he did, did did he look the same when he came back as he did when he left? No, he did not. That's my point. When you're not playing the game, you you're gonna struggle to come back and play the game. You have to play. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk looked better this year. Because he's been playing the game now. His body is getting back into condition. Now he's breaking down on him. But, you know, you get what I mean. And Tim Tebow has done none of that. And you're going to get me to believe that he's supposed to come back and be this guy all of a sudden? I mean, I would say this. You have a fantastic point on the tight end positions. So I'm going to leave that alone. But I would say, it to me, it just don't matter. I just, even if you don't have a lot in that position... I don't think T-Boy is going to give you what you need, even though you don't have a lot. But one year, no guarantees. It is what it is, I guess. You know, a lot of times we agree on this show. This time we don't. That's okay. You know, I, it, that, it could You know, it could be, you know, in the end, this could be much to do about nothing. He could just come in, you know, in training camp, and by week two of the preseason, you know, this he didn't fizzle out. He can't play tight end. Maybe it is. Right. But, you, you know, I get straight to it since you want to 
since you um you know dangle that out to you, to the people Let's talk. and um and Jacksonville correspondent down there, Let's he knows talk. how unimpressive the tight end position down there have been for years. This guy, this guy longs for the days of Mercedes Lewis, who was not by any means a household name at tight end himself. He could block yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, I think he's up there in Green Bay now. You know, good good player. But um, th that's how bad the situation has been there for years. They lost more to Sadez Lewis and they can't find a dude now. But I'll read them to you. Tyler Davis, that's a Google. Ben Ellison, Google. Luke Google. Farrell, Google. Google. I've heard of Chris Manhurts. I've heard of James O'Shaughnessy. We affectionately right. refer to him as O'Shag Hennessy. Osh yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Josh Oliver, I think he got drafted a few years ago. Point is, none of these guys or I, you know what? I'll ask you. Which one of those guys are you confident in? Oh, oh, Hennessy. Oh, Shaq Hennessy. He's probably yeah. Yeah. yeah I, he don't. I'm confident. He don't when I get to I, say his name, that brings me a little bit of joy. Cause he's the only one I'd have seen on anybody fantasy football roster. Oh, <laughs> the rest of them I've never even heard most of them. But he's the only one I can say that I've seen a dude actually plug him into a fantasy football roster, and he gave him some points. So I'm gonna say he is the only one that I would do that with. That Tyler Davis fellow, by the way. I don't even know if Google gonna help for that because that's such a bland name. Like you, you'd have to you'd have to search Tyler Davis Jaguars. If you if you don't search that, you're probably gonna get the the old uh you know here find people on Facebook named Tyler Davis. You know because it's such a that's such a bland name. Right. But, that's, um, that's pretty common. But, you know. Name, yeah. But think about this too. Think about this. Jacksonville, we know they got Trevor Lawrence. But Gardner Minshew, C.J. Beathard, and Jake Luton or Lutine. I'm sorry. I know it's been years. It's been a long time. But I, you know that uh, 2011 Tim Tebow version where he did lead the Denver Broncos to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. You know, if I can, I don't know if we can get that anymore. But that Tim Tebow was better than any of these backup quarterbacks. I don't know if it I don't know if we can get that now, but think about this. If you can get if Tim Tebow can play the game of football, and I'm not saying, you know, maybe he can't play tight end. It, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the the blocking issue. You know, maybe he's not big enough to block, he probably isn't big enough to block defensive ends and you know all the rest of that. But you know, it's funny. I normally don't hear people talk about um, you know a tight ends blocking like that's the people want people want tight ends nowadays they can catch the ball you know so people like to oh well he ain't gonna be able to block nobody because that's what really gets your blood pumping right a tight end that can go out there and block so it's funny that we're like you know people want to be interested in that all of a sudden but you know if, if you can get Tim T out there he can play he can catch the ball you know think about just a little a little red zone gadgetry in there where he can come in for you in a little wildcat short yardage. Maybe he throws a jump pass every now and again. You know, I think that I think there is some benefit to having a guy like that. You know, a little bit of a Taysom Hill aspect to it. I think I, I think there I think there is a possibility. No, no guarantees at all because it has been a very long time. We haven't seen him. Um, we've never seen him play tight end, so we don't know what that would look like. But um. I think there is there is a condition, um, a set of conditions you could set that Tim Tebow could come in and have a situational type role, maybe maybe sort of like a a, a Taysom Hill. 
and, and you know, the other thing, and I, I just got to talk about this a little bit. I've never understood the, the Tim Tebow hate. There's a lot of Tim Tebow hate out there. Always has been. I've never quite understood it. And if the worst thing you can say about a guy is he has a little bit of an ego and he likes the spotlight, maybe all that's true. But if that's the worst thing you can say about a guy, he's probably okay. He's probably okay. So well, well, hold on. Let me clarify. I'm just and, I, and, about and by the way, just, just so you know, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Mr. Twitter boy out there. Cause you know, there's a lot of people that ain't got nothing better to do than just hate on somebody. Cause they all right. of a sudden they got a one year non-guaranteed job, which ain't going to cost a lot of money by the way. Right, right, right. And my, my thought, my, my thought process is this, and it, and it might do come off that way, but I just want to say like, if you notice, I ain't talked no trash about what Tim Tebow did in the past because he was legit in the past, especially in college. In college, I thought he was phenomenal. Um, and I respect what he did with Denver. I respect all that. Like, I thought that was, that's, listen, he won a playoff. You know how many quarterbacks cannot say that that's playing in the league right now? Matthew Stafford they, doesn't have a playoff win. So, and, and you heard what I had to say about like, him yep. earlier. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I respect that. My, my problem with Tim Tebow was this. You had a chance to do what you're doing now mm -hmm. in, in your prime and you turned it down because you thought, I want to play quarterback. Now, you're trying to convince me years later that you can do what you didn't want to do in your prime. Like, it's safe to say, Tim Tebow, 33. Do you think his prime was four years ago or is now? Like, it's probably you like know, six, seven years ago. <laughs> usually, I mean, um, uh, generally, generally the guy up there on the pregame for college football, I don't want to see him playing. I don't want to see him actually on the he's, field. Like he's you know, out David of his Pollock and company. Exactly. <laughs> so that that's my problem with Tim Tebow. It's not that I don't think he's out here just clamoring for fame. I just don't. When you tell me, oh. I feel, I feel like I still got some game left. I got, why do you have game left all of a sudden? Why didn't you have game left in your prime? And that's my problem with him. So I just want to clarify. I don't want to be like, oh, he's just chasing fame, chasing fame, chasing fame. But it seems odd to me that all of a sudden, this is the attitude we wanted you to have five years ago, six years ago, when, we, when you was hot. And that, you would ask me this six years ago, I'd be like, yeah. Tim Tebow can play tight end. Absolutely. Why not? Give him a shot. But I just find it hard. No, that's all. I, I really think, and by the way, the, the Tebow hate comment, there's also a lot of Tebow love out there. He, he's, he's got a huge following. I think he's famous regardless. Um, but you got to remember, when you go back to Tim Tebow's, you know, Cinderella year in Denver, or whatever you want to call it, he was a winning NFL quarterback. And Peyton Manning in a way, not his fault at all, but Peyton Manning, in a way, derailed Tim Tebow's career. Because John no, Elway John, brought... John Elway derailed Tim. Yeah, John Elway <laughs> brought in Peyton Manning because, you know, who wouldn't? And then next thing you know, Tim Tebow's in the Jets, and that was a stunt. Rex Ryan in there talking about punt protection and the like. You know, when he had... when Tim, when Tim You can't tell me that Tim Tebow couldn't have given the Jets a better chance than the fragile butt fumble Mark Sanchez, you know? So, and, you know, people talk about accuracy and practice and all that. Tim, T you, you line up with Tim Tebow, 
whatever you want to talk about, divine intervention or, you know, faith and all the rest. Tim Tebow can galvanize guys. He's, a, he's got that clutch gene or he had it. We don't know if he had it anymore. But I've always felt Tim Tebow got a raw deal because he was a winning NFL quarterback who had just won a playoff game. Next thing you know, he got kicked to the curb to the Rex Ryan experience. And, you know, we never heard from him again. So I've always felt he got a little bit of a raw deal. I do wish that he would have stuck around and, you know, maybe you did need to change positions. Um, but at the same time, he, he, was a, he was a winning NFL quarterback. So I'm sure some, he, there was a little bit of pride at play. Talking about, we talking about I need to change position. I line up and play quarterback. I give us a chance to win. So I, I think that is something that we can't forget. Last but not least is rapid reaction. A lot of topics, a little time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right. UFC icon Anderson Silva says, and I quote, I think MMA for me is done, end quote, ahead of a boxing fight reported by Ariel Awani. What are your thoughts on that, Drink? Hey, listen, man. Um, everybody, you know, much respect for Anderson Silva. I'm glad I heard uh, he quoted this. Because, um, you know, Anderson Silva, he just... The, the problem when these guys become goats like him, they don't know when to quit, when to hang it up, and then you get this lasting tarnish of their legacy because they lose a fight they shouldn't lose or they go out on their shield or whatever. Um, Anderson Silva hasn't looked great in his probably last five, six fights. Um, but, he, you know, you can't take away everything he'd have done for the sport, everything he'd have done in the UFC. But I'm glad to hear this. Let's see how the boxing fight goes. I, I, I hope he don't end up on his face like Nate Robinson or like Ben Ashton just did in the last, you know, Triller fight. Um, but with that said, you know, best of luck to the GOAT. Um, and, you know, I, I wish him nothing but success, but I'm glad to hear this. It was about time he hung up them UFC gloves. The Aaron Rodgers drama in Green Bay may have more consequences as all-pro wide receiver Devontae Adams said it could potentially impact his future. Your thoughts? You know, I don't think Devontae Adams may not be the only one. I mean, you think about it, like, you got old Gunnikins up here signing Blake Bortles, not even taking the situation seriously, doing the Jordan Love nonsense in last year's draft. You know, I think I think NFL players got to be looking at Green Bay and like, man, they got one of the no doubt greatest player, greatest quarterbacks of all time. Maybe the before Patrick Mahomes, the most talented quarterback of all time. And this is how he up there getting treated. I know he's got his flaws and all that. But I think I think it's a message other players are paying attention to, like Devontae Adams, and it could have consequences even beyond him. The 2021 NBA Draft Combine is scheduled to take place in person June 21st through the 27th in Chicago at the Wind Trust Arena and the Marriott Marquis, consisting of a bunch of things. Team interview sessions, five-on-five games, shooting drills, measurements, strength agility testing, half-court drills, and the medical procedures which will probably include some great COVID testing. That sounds about normal, right? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, they had me, they had me in in person in June. You know, that, <laughs> hey, when I heard, when I read that, I said, hey, we sound like we get back to the normal mumbo jumbo here, folks. So I'm glad to hear it. Um, I want to hear more like it. Listen, I know COVID is real. Please, folks. I mean, I know we got to quote this every time we talk about COVID. Yeah. Mm. We taking COVID serious. But listen, I, I would like for us to go back to normal. It is what it is. We got the vaccine rolling out. You know, if you want to be skeptical, I don't think no one is going to stop you from going anywhere with a mask on. I mean, nope. you might be somewhere and you're the only one wearing one. That's on you. But 
you know, and nobody's going to stop you. So I was happy to hear this. Let's keep it going. I want to hear more stuff like that. It's been a difficult season for the Houston Rockets, but owner Tillman Fatita said he is excited about the team's future. <laughs> you agree with him? Of course he is. I mean, he can't be excited about right now because right now is pretty bleak. They're like, what, 5-43 and 43 in their last 48 games or something crazy. You know, but they do have, you know, some promising young talent with, you know, your Christian Woods and Jay Sean Tate's Kevin Porter. And, you know, that, this is something we kind of anticipate the once um, Daryl Moy left and Mike D'Antoni and then the James Harden, Russell Westbrook stuff. So, I mean, they've had an opportunity to, you know, retool, regain some draft capital. They're going to have a great chance to get a high draft pick. That what That's what happens when you're the worst team in the NBA. But, you know, I think there are better days ahead. Um, you know, he gave pretty good endorsements to the GM, Raphael Stone and Steven Silas. You know, I think those guys, it's been a tough year. They couldn't anticipate some of this, but I, I think he is right. I think better days, better days have to be ahead. Uh, Chris Berman has signed a multi-year extension to continue to host NFL primetime, that great ESPN programming. Uh, you're excited about that, aren't you? Rumbling, bumbling, <laughs> like that. I just, hey man, like, you know. It's the music for me, man. Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people over Chris Berman, but maybe it's just because I've been watching football so long. I, you know, I missed you know him and Tom Jackson doing their thing, man. I know they dinosaurs in today's NFL, but you know what I'm saying? Hey, if they, you know, if they worked it out and he's on the show, I'm happy for it because I, I love to hear the music. I heard, it. I love to hear the, you know, hey, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah, I was excited and I'm glad to hear it. The Boston Celtics announced Monday that all-star guard Jalen Brown has a torn ligament in his left wrist and will miss the rest of the season. What does this mean for the Celtic playoff hopes? Oh, man. Celtic playoff hopes are like that uh, that week one Falcon-Eagle matchup, about dead in the water. Yeah, you can go ahead and forget about it. it you know, they're going to be look like they're going to be in the play-in tournament thing, and I think they'll get out of there, but, you know, they're going to be facing – Philadelphia or Brooklyn, and at best, I think they can win a game, but they're going to get out of there quick, fast, and in a hurry. The only thing, maybe that, like, you know, we're talking a lot about Brad Stevens and the pressure that's on him. Maybe this takes some of the heat off because with no Jalen Brown, you got to think that the expectations have got to be, have got to tail off a little bit because of that. The NBA and the NBA Players Association have added updates to the protocols for COVID-19 fully vaccinated individuals, and they are ride shares and taxis are allowed. Uh, you don't have to wear a face shield in treatment sessions on teams where you have 85% of players and staff vaccinated. Hot and cold tubs and steam rooms are permitted for multiple people. That's good. Maybe some progress there? Yeah. It, any progress is progress. Uh, like, listen... And I know, like, you know, reading that rapid, uh, you know, it's like, do, <laughs> do we really care? In, in the grand scheme, no. But for me, yes, because it shows progress. So anytime I get a chance to say, hey, folks, we got some progress over here, I want to speak on it. Because more, more than likely, media will tell you when someone tests positive, but they yet to tell you, Oh, well, that's one positive out of this many people. Mm. They're just going to say, oh, we got a positive test, you know? Um, so this is the type of stuff we need to talk about, too. The NBA clearly is going towards opening things back up now as long as you're vaccine. So the vaccine's doing something, and now the NBA is starting to scale back some of the protocol. I like it. 
I'm like, I like anything that shows that we're going to go back to the normal mumbo jumbo. And I'm going to say this over and over until we get there. I like anything like that. The Washington Wizards point guard Russell Westbrook broke Oscar Robinson record for career triple doubles with a 28.13 rebound, 21 assist game on Monday night in Monday's night loss to the Atlantic Hawks. How impressed are you with that accomplishment? Uh, probably not as much as you may think. It's almost like this is something that we've taken for Russell Westbrook for granted on. Like he's been just accumulating statistics at a breakneck speed for like what four out of past five years. He's been averaging a triple double. There hasn't been a whole lot of of winning correlated, you know, to his success. You know, especially this year with being on, on the Wizards. You know, they are up to the tenth seed, but it is it is a tremendous accomplishment, and you know, we should pay respect to it. Uh, but I will say, I wonder, Russell Westbrook probably w- wishes he, he would have hit that three-pointer to win the game and postpone this little triple-double uh, accomplishment. The Colts are signing former Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher to a one-year $9.4 million deal, according to a source, and they are comfortable with his rehab progress. Is this a case of the rich getting richer? It seems so. I mean, think about this, right? We know we know Eric Fisher... Um, I want to say he was, I think he was first overall pick in his draft. And yeah. um, we, we know he, he done some good things since he's been in the NFL. He, he's, and listen, for a team to say, hey, man, we're going to sign you. But don't don't worry about playing immediately. Just go there, do your rehab. We'll holler at you later. That's usually something that teams do with rookies. This dude is far from a rookie, folks. So what that tells you is when we talk about the Colts, one of the first things we talk about with the Colts is, that impressive offensive line. What they do, they go get another guy. When he's on, he's impressive. Now he's been dealing with a lot of injuries as of late, but when he's not fighting injuries, he's a damn good offensive lineman. So, you know, I, I do look at it as the rich getting richer, and hey, I ain't mad at it. Last one, tomorrow night in Miami, we got the 76ers versus the, the Heat. Who you got and why? I'm taking the heat tomorrow night. I think Philadelphia will probably be taking the, the foot off the accelerator just a little bit as they cruise to the playoff. Then looks like pretty good shape for that one seed. Meanwhile, Miami, you know, and then that three-way tie for the fourth spot. Definitely want to stay in that four or five range as we talked about. So I'm taking Jimmy Butler and the heat. And that concludes tonight's Drink of Wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, and subscribe. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm Jay Wise. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we going to do. We going to holler at you until next time, baby.